Hello and welcome to today's episode of Building for Peace with Hannah Jewell. Today we're here with Marjolyn Koch. She's a dear friend of mine who I've known in many capacities. She's got a diverse array of backgrounds, working with Sufism, indigenous peoples, and an active peace building. And I'd like to introduce her now, Marjolaine. Welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. Um, so, where can I start? Um, so yeah, from a professional background, I would say um, I um, started studying public policy uh, with a focus on human rights. And uh, this brought me into international development as well. Um, and yeah, this is what I studied for, for years and with a focus on social diversity and uh, human rights issues. And uh, yeah, my passion is also bridging, um, bridging that with environmental issues. So I was able to do that also at some point in my work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and the question that drives me is about change. How can we really contribute to uh, deep-rooted and sustainable change? And um, yeah, I'm trying to play a part <laughs> in that, um, even if it's little. So it's just a question that I have in my mind that always uh, yeah, drives things that I do. Um, and how I look at things and yeah looking at the root causes of problems and um, and yeah having a sense of uh, care for this world as, world as well so it kind of yeah brought me into places and meeting people and um, yeah um, got me into I made a long journey in terms of work as well so yeah sometimes when I look back, I'm like, hmm, okay, this now makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I know you've traveled all over the world with your work, and you work with many different companies and corporations on peace-building strategies. Um, some of my favorite stories that we've talked about are the times when you've had a chance to live with indigenous peoples and really understand where they're coming from. Like you said, what is their perspective, their needs, and the root cause of a particular issue. Mm. Um, could you share with us a little bit about your journey into working with the indigenous people? Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been drawn to um, nature and, and my connection to nature, so since I was very little. and. I didn't really get answers in, in this westernized world. Um, my family is, a fa I come from a family that is very connected to nature and the woods and, and, and collecting medicinal herbs and so on. So I always had that in me, um, but I always had this question like, yeah, I always wanted to learn more and explore and I guess also in a way find parts of myself and so I always felt connected to yeah different cultures that really still live uh, in, in a certain wisdom and um, at some point in my life I made a journey to um, uh, to South America and, and I ended up in, in the Amazon and 
this was not really planned actually it just uh, it was a calling i in, in myself i can recognize it now but yeah i, I just stayed there for a bit and um, a lot of things opened for me there and um, yeah i was just amazed by by the knowledge that um, the, the family that i was with hold and how they are helping other people with that and um, and I, I really strengthened my own personal relationship with nature and with, with the forest. And I don't know, from there it became so strong that I wanted to do something and, um, you know, support, uh, you know, the, the protection of, of the beauty that we have here on earth and also, yeah, support um, those that are really trying to protect these areas and uh, also want to uphold uh, certain principles of living and yeah I don't know this this I was studying as well doing my masters and, and this brought me in touch with an organization that works um, uh, with indigenous uh, peoples uh, and are working on on, on basically um, um, how would say like bringing like connecting their uh, like bringing forward their uh, like working with them and um, basically honoring the indigenous principles of protecting the land um, and connecting it to the international uh, uh, system so the international law um, so I, I was able to work with them and for a bit and um, work on a project uh, to to really um, integrate or help uh, help a community integrate indigenous principles of pro protecting the land into international law and then uh, also use that as a as a tool to to advocate for um, protecting the land in a, in a way that is honoring um, indigenous vision so more from a from a sacred uh, point of view as well so not only a biological uh, or environmental point of view so more of a holistic point of view of protecting the land and um, yeah with a background in, in human rights as well i uh, also ended up in in um, in southern mexico so i was living there for a bit uh, working for a human rights organization and um, yeah that 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 is a very long story on yeah why things are happening there unfortunately but um i yeah so in the, the human rights organization is helping different communities there um protecting their rights because there are a lot of violations uh, i don't want to go into that too much but uh, and also around land so land rights and also human rights and so sometimes we have to go into the community to uh, to stay there for a bit and um, observe what was happening um, and it's also a form of protection for for these communities there um, and yeah i i learned a lot being being there it's um yeah they 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 encounter so much uh, challenges and uh, despite all of those challenges um, they still have a lot of faith and choose um, the path of peace constantly and not only for themselves and for their own communities but also for the world and 
uh, to be in solidarity with other people around the world that are facing similar issues. Um, so I really saw a lot of strength and resilience and I think I learned a lot from, from that. It's very, uh, I feel very privileged to, to have been there and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've talked at length about um, this connection that you've brought up between environment and protection and the sacred and peace. And I recall you were talking about your time with the Maya and the people in Mexico and the simplicity of life and how vital that is to the sense of the sacred and to peace. Can you elaborate on that a little bit and maybe share um, a specific instance or story that kind of brought that alive for you? Um, yeah, one story that always that I always remember is um, is personal, uh, but I was staying in a community one one time and uh, it was very basic. So the only thing I had was my hammock and a roof over my head and um, some beans we got on the way uh, for cooking and and yeah we were staying there. So you know these people so live very simply on the land. They are farmers and um, yeah they are quite busy during the day doing, you know being with the land and collecting firewood and those type of things and so we also didn't have running water so if we would um, you know need that we, we would have to walk down to the river um, do all the washing there and like the river was kind of like central to the community and it's you have to think about like okay when are we gonna you know get the water and bring it up it's very heavy and you, you know you don't bring that up like five times a day you have to think about it and uh, be very careful about using it um, you go down and, and wash yourself there uh, you have to make sure you use products that are completely biodegradable like na nature friendly so it's not chemical um, you know so there's a lot of things to think about because you're in the river and this river is going to other places as well. So you want to, yeah, it's, you drink from it and you wash from it. And it's just like a very uh, simple thing that, that we kind of forgot here because everything comes from the tap. And, and, and there it's really, you are with, you know, you're living with, you know, the water is coming from, from the river, right? So. It's very, um, yeah, it really re makes me realize like how important it is that we, we, we have to treat it with uh, respect and, and you have to think about uh, not only yourself, but yeah, what's, what's going, what's, yeah, you know, everybody yeah. else, exactly. Um, We're all sharing the river together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And don't overuse it, just use a little bit. Um, yeah, it's, it just, it's yeah when you're in that uh, when you're living that way it's you have to be more, you're, you become I, I would say more conscious about I think more conscious about uh, yeah about everything around you um, so that was for me was also an eye-opener yeah I mean we're, we have such a luxury here that everything is being provided to us but we also lose that connection um, with with the source where everything is coming from and then you also lose that relationship and um, I think that relationship having a relationship is so key to everything because you separate yourself from yeah from from a part of life that is part of you 
whether that is, you know, for example, um, eating animals or using the water. Um, you know, we go to the store and we, we get the water from the tap. But actually, you know, it's coming from so somewhere. So can we really make and build a relationship with where it's coming from? So building a relationship with the water and the source of the water and uh, a relationship with, with, with the animals. And um, yeah, and I think if you do that, it's natural that you treat it with respect, I would say. So I think it's so easy to forget about that in, mm -hmm. as we live right now. And I think it's I think it's one of the keys to to kind of come back to uh, being more conscious about what we are actually doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sense of relationship is so important. I'm so thankful you brought it forward. You know, I am grateful every day that water comes from my tap and that I can make a hot bath and I feel like a queen and a princess because of this. But there is actually nothing more invigorating than being with the river itself. And that relationship is restorative in a way that we just can't imagine until we really feel it. Mm -hmm. And water is the center of human life, isn't it? Can you tell us a little bit about how this um, profound respect of the relationship of the human with nature has made its way into international law and um, is working for the protection of the people. Can you give us a, a specific example? Um, yeah, of course, there are different um, environmental laws and so on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, that is from a certain perspective. Um, and it hardly um, holds, or actually not hold, it doesn't really hold, it's not strong enough to hold those that are uh, violating uh, environmental rights um, accountable. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the problem that we have right now. So, uh, the private sector, uh, for example, um, yeah, uh, coming in an area where you know they're yeah, they're they're allowed also sometimes to violate these laws for specific reasons because it brings uh it brings profit to a country you know things like that so i, I would say um yeah there are some laws but it's not it's not enough uh, and that's why there's also a whole movement now around rights of nature and uh stop ecocide uh, that I've also also been involved in for a while. Um, that is really saying, hey, you know, if you are damaging uh, nature in such a way, you know, it's not allowed. We we should really uh, prevent this. And um, those uh, entities or perpetrators, they should be they should be held accountable, um, and it should be uh, actually set in international law. Yeah. yeah, so that's the, the Stop Ecocide is really about that as well. Um, but then, of course, there are other initiatives that are, um, but they're not, uh, I would say, um, there are different ways of kind of going into, um, yeah, the protection of land. And um, it's not uh, obliged for countries to, to, to abide by certain laws, for example, there is a, in UNESCO, there's the intangible heritage. Uh, so if a, if a 
space is protected uh, under the intangible heritage, which could be a sacred natural site, for instance. Um, yeah, you know, they they can say, okay, we will protect it under this, but um, it's not enforced on it. So you can always violate it if you want. It's not really a good thing, but. Uh, um, yeah, so um, so there are uh, initiatives and also the, the organization I was working with before, they have been working in that way, like finding uh, alleyways to to really um, bring in that holistic perspective. Uh, so the sacred natural sites, the protection of sacred na natural sites, uh, um, recognizing that certain areas are uh, biodiversity hotspots, um, that there is a certain um, function of that area that is beyond our human understanding um, and so that has also been taken up by the IUCN and by other organizations and um, so in that sense there is you know a, a framework uh, to uh, and, and jurisprudence to protect uh, certain areas but um, yeah the accountability aspect is still quite difficult and enforcing companies for example to really uh, respect respect these um, these laws and so on. Exactly. We've, we've talked some about um, the complex nature of peace building and when I speak with you I really am impressed how peace building is not definitely not just a fluffy idea. This is looking at what is the needs of this corporation, this company, this entity, these people who are living on the land and how can we find a way for them to communicate with each other and not bring in judgment or this or that, but just like these are your stated needs and these are yours and we've got to find a meeting point here. Mm -hmm. And um, that takes so much inner resilience and fortitude and um, really a freedom from ideas of right and wrong, but just how can we work with this issue so that people are benefiting. Then maybe these kinds of structures have to be in place for the sacred to sort of drip in and flow in to how we meet together. You know, there's this prophecy about um, the condor eagle mm -hmm. that comes from South America and the people who are working in a ceremonial way close to the land um, are known as the condors, right? and then the western mind the, in the developed world up in Europe and America and is sort of like the eagle and when the eagle and the condor meet what actually happens is we have the heart and that deep wisdom of how to live with nature and structure and the way structure can move through and structure has been used in terrible ways and has allowed companies to violate and many people are living in um, terrible conditions in the developed world and all over the world but those structures can be used in a positive way once the heart mm. is met there and I really see the work that you do as part of that do you want to elaborate on that in any way at all? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean when you're saying I think um, I would also say this may be connecting the heart and the mind. 
and uh, I think we have an overemphasis on the mind, uh, especially in our Western world or in, in the UK, in the Netherlands and so on. There's a lot of emphasis and um, a lot of, um, it's put on a pedestal, you know, mm -hmm. to be intelligent, to be, you know, all kinds of things coming from, and that's, that's all good, you know, we need that. But if it's like everything, if something goes too much, it loses its balance. So yeah, the, having that connection to the to the heart and connecting actively connecting the heart and the mind, and uh, embodying that this is really important. Um, so yeah, in, in some of the work that I do is is uh, I facilitate dialogue processes, for instance. So it's also um, kind of guiding groups to not go in a linear way to say okay now we have this problem and then we're going to think about the solution now this is not working because then you're uh, building solutions you're thinking about the problem in the same way as you came into the room right mm -hmm. um, so allowing that to drop in a way uh, to kind of undo certain things which is not easy uh, because you know not many people are used to that to to kind of let it let things go and, and start for example we have different exercises also to help people but to go into that dreaming state for instance like really what do you really if you can think about anything right now what would you really envision and and it doesn't have to be tangible think about it big you know and to bring that vision back to to really bring yeah, uh, connecting people in the space, sharing stories. It's like, you know, opening the heart a little bit more. Maybe we don't call it like that, uh, but, uh, or we don't call it, yeah, we don't specifically, explicitly say it like that, but, you know, there are all kinds of exercises to kind of open things before you go into, okay, what's next? You know, it's kind of like bring, taking people through a journey which is very practical in a way because there are different exercises to do uh, but step by step by step going into okay then what is important now for the for the next period um, yeah because otherwise we 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 will be talking about the same yeah about how you think you think about solutions and it's coming from the same mindset it's not that's not working and we, we, we see it's not working. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. As you're talking, my heart is really feeling that and mm. coming alive and um, just tuning into the heart as we attempt to negotiate the challenges that we have as a human collective culture right now. Um, and I love the way you're speaking about it in such a grounded way. Um, this has been a huge part of your journey and many people's journey is opening into um, spiritual dimensions and feeling like that's so massively important and huge, but then finding a way to really ground that. And you've done such an exemplary job in your life of really bringing that grounding in. Um, what are ways that you living in the West and doing this sort of consultancy and diplomacy actually ground that sense of the sacred and the heart into your daily life and your work routine. 
I mean, it's not easy when your work is on a laptop and via Zoom mm. conferences and in these kinds of environments, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a challenge for me <laughs> all the time. But uh, yeah, no, like this, it, it's I get into my head, you know, I get into the computer and in my head, literally. So <clears throat> I have to step out uh, a lot uh, to. But uh, yeah, I have. Uh, I know. I feel like okay. Now this is tipping me over. So. I go into nature, have a walk, uh, I need to use my body uh, to really ground because otherwise I feel I'm really flying up here um, and it doesn't make me happy. I, my soul doesn't get happy from that and, and uh, yeah, so it's uh, calling me to say hello, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, calling me back in a way. Um, but yeah, I have, I mean, over the years I've been through a whole journey but uh, uh, I have a daily practice now. Um, or I have my, yeah, I have a path and I practice, so I start in the morning with that, um, starting the day. So before starting the day, I always have to remember, okay, where did I come from? <laughs> and, and honoring that um, through prayer or and some form of meditation. So um, it's important to, to kind of like anchor that and then start the day from there. And during the day, you have to sometimes keep reminding yourself. Um, when I go into meetings as well, um, it's like, yeah, it's it's beyond you as a person as well. You want to make, yeah, I want to make sure that that things that are being done and said are in, you know, it's are in the right way, and you're not offending anybody. And if if something happens that mm -hmm. makes me uncomfortable, you know, I will reflect on it and 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 think about, okay, what is this? Yeah why am I upset, like really upset, and then I can let it go, and you know, these are very little things, but it helps me, um, yeah, it helps me, really, um, to, to, yeah, to, yeah. To, to walk, and, and also I have always a part in the year, which is on a, on a bigger scale, where I reflect on, okay, what am I doing, and does it still make sense, and um, can, you know, is there some, is there another direction, perhaps, that I need to go into, uh, Am I still, uh, I said it the other day as well to someone, like, am I still like an enjoyable person? Because you can be successful in your work, but if I get super stressed and, and um, corporate, it's like, what's jo joy of this? <laughs> I don't, yeah, um, no. So am I enjoyful? Like, am I, am I happy in this life? You know, like, this is the questions I, I have, I reflect uh, in, the, in the year uh, some, around you know, the winter, springtime, and it's like, okay, and then starting new, you know, so, uh -huh. and like going with the cycles, I also like to do that, mm -hmm. yeah. These are little, but they're actually really huge, attuning to the cyclic nature of the seasons, attuning to yourself throughout the day, starting the day with prayer and meditation, being in your body, I mean, these are huge. If we could all do just that, then maybe our relationships would change on international and corporate level and like a family and personal level. It's really got to be both, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also um, I really like this slowing down because I also, I used to live in London and everybody's like running, running, running. And I, I go along with, I went along with that. I was like running to the station and running here and there. And it's like, okay, uh, you go crazy at some point, you know? So it's like, okay, no, it's not working. 
and why am I, you know, where am I running to? What's the point? Like, this life is gonna be over. So, you know, what did I do? Run from place to place? No, it doesn't make sense. Okay, so I, I purposely slow down. And I, even when I'm walking with friends sometimes, okay, I can slow, I can walk in a fast pace, but I say, hey, hey, wait, wait. Just I just don't wanna walk fast, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's nice to, to literally walk slow. Mm-hmm. When everybody around you is like walking fast, it's like, no, I'm slowing down. And realizing like, you know, there's more to this world than, than going into the future all the time with your mind like oh I need to do this and there and there and there you're like there already it's like wait a minute I have to enjoy this moment you know Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah that's what often I call myself back to the moment okay wait I I am here to enjoy as well so that's you know have a little break or just stare outside and be you know enjoying the nature or the sunshine and just very little things but it just opens things up in your day. Um, it opens yeah. a moment of space. Yeah. I know yesterday um, when we went out and we were having coffee and walking the puppy and then just to pause and lay on the earth, lay on the grass next to the beautiful flowers and let the body sink. Um, this was so restorative. And I was like, oh. I love the way Marjolaine is just like, oh, let's pause for a minute. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me yeah. of that feeling. We talked a little bit about the North-South and the Contour Eagle, but there's also a meeting of East and West, and this has been going on for some time. It really kind of came to the forefront in the 1960s when we had a lot of Westerners going over to India. Um, and this meeting is like seasoning and deepening and getting richer and growing roots. Um, the east-west, north-south um, confluence is a part of my own life and path, working with both indigenous and Sufi paths and being a woman from America. And I know that it is also the same with you. So we share that Sufi connection. That's how you and I first met in my Sufi whirling group back like 10 years ago and so um, can you share with us a little bit about how ecology a sense of the sacred and the heart come together in Sufism in your life I know we've talked about it loads and your sense of the heart mind really is influenced by that I feel like you could talk for years on this topic. You can maybe share a tiny bit with us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a big topic. (laughs) Um, Just a piece. Yeah, 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 no, I'm just thinking like, okay, where uh, to go here? Um, I mean, I think it's quite, in a way, simple. uh, That if you you realize, you know, we are from from source, uh, we come from source, and we come back. To source, um, uh, source. I, I'm a believer, so yeah. If, if source is the creator of everything, um, everything is sacred, right? So, and I feel like nature is a manifestation of that. Uh, it's like there are a lot of gifts in nature, and it's a very pure, p- 
pure place to be, pure energy is there. You go into a forest, everybody would feel like, ha, ah, so nice to be here, right? Yeah, so it's, and that's a gift. And um, yeah, if, if, if you, if you, if you feel that in a way, then it's so natural to, to, um, to have a, to build that, to build that relation, um, to see, to see the sacred in, in, in other things, to see the beauty in a, the, seeing the beauty in a flower and, and, and smelling the flowers, you know, like I, you saw me doing that, I'm like going in the garden, like, sm I really love that. It's just because it just brings you a moment like, wow. Yeah amazing that there's such a beautiful smell coming from the flowers uh -huh. <laughs> and it's 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 a blessing right it's so like only nature can do that but nature has its source right so i don't know through that you can see there's the beauties everywhere and 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 uh, we are a part of that and and then it's so natural to to care, take care of it right so mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, beauty is such um, an integral part of the living Sufism that I practice and the rose is like one of the key metaphors in Sufism. We have these beautiful roses from the garden next to us with the dew on them which have a wonderful smell. <laughs> and um, in this way, for me, the spiritual practice of ecology, the way it comes together with Sufism, is, is not, like you said, a huge theoretical discussion, though it could be. It's got like eight centuries of writing on it. But um, it comes down to the beautiful and the good, and how do we live that is first, how do we connect to it? And I find when I can appreciate a rose, I can appreciate a person. Um, and all sense of judgment can melt away and I could see the rose of their heart and how we're each on a journey and we have all these meeting points. Um, is there anything else you would like to share with us from the Sufi path? It's a feeling and we're <laughs> sharing the feeling yeah. now. It's the feeling yeah. of love, of source as you mm. said which we can call also God and Allah, mm. imbuing the earth, imbuing our bodies made of earth. It's hard to speak about a feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the remembrance is something that comes up, like uh, it's a path of remembrance. And there are many paths of remembrance. So uh, it's for me, uh, for me personally, Islam and in that Sufi way, it's it's a very um, deep uh, path. Yeah, it's, there's so there's so so much depth. <clears throat> you can read something and uh, you learn something from it, and then you know another day you there's another layer, right? Yeah. It's like doing the zikr and um, doing the names, the rem remembering through the mantra. I would call it mantra because m most people know what the mantra is. Uh, it's like every time something else comes from that it's so beautiful so it's an endless I feel like it's an endless journey um, but yeah the remembrance is, is a very it's it's beautiful it's yeah it brings it brings it remember we remember uh, yeah the source and that which is in us 
Um, in the same time, it also helps you or it helps me to, um, it's like a, yeah, as we say, you know, like a polishing. So you're, you're also cleaning yourself. So it's, yeah, being in that remember, remembrance is so beautiful and a, and, a, and a blessing, but in the same time it helps to look at the uncomfortable things inside you, um, you know, the shadow parts or, you know, the ego parts and, and kind of polish that and, and kind of set it straight. It's like, no, go that direction, go that direction. And you have to repeat it all the time until it kind of slowly moves into that direction. Um, and that we talked about it the other day, it's like, okay, maybe it's not necessarily it's so important, that spiritual part, but how to become like a human. What does it mean to be human, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I would say that's a beautiful path to, to kind of slowly become like a true human. Mm -hmm. And then what is a true, true human? But I would say, yeah, being in that remembrance, most of like, ideally all of the time but <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah most of the time like yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's such a beautiful way of expressing and it's foundational i think to all um indigenous based past sufism is so ancient we could say it is indigenous in a way and then it grew up within islam into a sort of refinement um I'm just soaking in the love of remembrance now that we've brought it to the forefront. And then the words sort of disappear um, because in that state of connection, um, love becomes the most important thing. And to really love each other, love nature, this is missing from the mindset of productivity and the mindset of linearity. and to rise through that where it can be a structure but have the the higher level of the love which just doesn't mean better it's just a different vibration a more subtle a more refined vibration the vibrations of beauty and love um, when we look from those perspectives like you said in the beginning then we're not entering with where the problem is but we're entering from a different place where a solution can manifest. Um, what about when we get to the place where it's not just about solving problems, but about creating mm -hmm. the beautiful and the good and mm -hmm. envisioning the power of the next steps? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, what is your vision for like a really abundant, beautiful world and, and <laughs> way of human being? Mm -hmm. I'm very, I have a very idealistic side, so... <laughs> um, Bring it on, <laughs> big as you want to think. You know, I, in my ideal world, I mean, I think we would, you know... I had moments in my life where I was really able to feel... Um, I would say, like, heaven on earth, you know? It, it, you're still in the same place, you're still in, still in the same spot, but all of a sudden, like, some veils went, right? And I was like, whoa, this is so immensely beautiful. I didn't realize this, you know? And, I w yeah, it, it, I was, if we all are able to be in, in, in that, come to that state, you know, 
we can meet each other with a very open heart, be very supportive, uh, you know, we are realizing we are, you know, part of, of one, of one, and um, there's no competition, there's just, uh, you know, seeing the beauty in each other, the diversity of everything, everybody has their own unique expressions, and we can be so celebrating of that. And also celebrating of all the biodiversity that, that we have, you know, having recognizing the knowledge and the wisdom of not only the humans but also other forms of life. Mm -hmm. And of course, many cultures have talked about that. We can literally connect to that, bring that into our lives more actively, mm -hmm. and not only collaborate on a human level but collaborate on an interspecies level. And that would be so amazing <laughs> to have that. To really open that more, yeah. Now I'm envisioning collaboration on an interspecies level and reminded of the, the paintings and the images of priestesses with lions next to them, you know, and um, the lion will lay with the lamb is a verse from the Christian tradition in their Bible. And um, wondering what that would look like on a global scale with all of us participating. Mm. I cannot wait to see it happen. <laughs> so this is a prayer to carry for my grandchildren now. Mm. Yeah. Marjolaine, if people wanted to be in contact with you, just to, for any reason, to share their stories, to talk about any of the work that you do, or to connect with you on the Sufi path, and um, how might they get in touch with you? What is the, the best way that you like to be contacted? Um, yeah, the, um, I have, uh, well, I'm not very active social, on social media. <laughs> um, and I still use Facebook, so, but that's the only thing really. Um, so um, I'm a Marilyn Helena is my name on Facebook. So that's a way I, of connecting. Mm -hmm. another, another way of connecting would be maybe through my work um, uh, which is a company I'm a partner with and we are a collective of people working um, in, in dialogue and all kinds of uh, uh, well, dialogue research and so on. Uh, so that's called perspectivity.org. Uh, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. depending on... Yeah, yeah. type <laughs> of connection yeah. you'd like. Yeah. Um, is there any last thing you would like to share with us that really wants to come from your heart um, on any topic no I, I think uh, it has been beautiful conversation and I, I I didn't know what would come out and I didn't prepare anything <laughs> you know you asked me to come here and thank you so much for the invitation and uh, for asking questions and having this conversation and it's always beautiful that you know when two people or more people are talking like things start to weave together and and yeah, you're always stronger with more people, and it's really lovely to see the the synergy that that starts to arise from that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the whole reason for this podcast, mm. just to forge connections, and, and we're all doing it right now. There's a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of conversations happening, mm. and every single one of them is important. Mm. Yeah, I'm so thankful for your time here today to feel the love of spirit moving in this room with us and to share this moment with you. Um, 
it's been a joy. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you everybody for joining us. If you would like to be featured on a podcast or comment and talk about any of the things that we've been discussing, please do reach out. Jewelofpeace.com is the website that hosts these podcasts and my other work, and I would be delighted to hear from you. Have a most blessed day. <laughs>